Leonard Menon, Professor of European Politics at King's College London, also Director of UK in a Changing Europe. Anna, and a very good morning to you. Welcome. Morning to you. How are you doing? Yeah, very well indeed. I'm quite buoyed this morning by the feeling that uh, that something, one, is happening. We appear to be at least moving now. The wheels are getting some traction. We are, in fact, you know, not just standing still and, and navel-gazing. What did you make of what happened last night? And what do you see as the kind of the long-term um, end game, as it were? Well, several things about last night. Firstly, it underlined the fact that a lot of MPs don't really know what they want. They're just pretty certain what they don't want. And that has to change for anything to get a majority. Uh, And the other thing is, I think, just how strong the party reflex is. Because ultimately, what triumphed last night was Conservative MPs' desire to be Conservatives together and on the same side. And I know that some of them didn't join in backing that amendment. But there was that strong sense of party reasserting itself. And I think, you know, the fact that Mrs May could come out and claim a a victory for something that was a defeat for her deal... Uh Just underline well, the fact that. Well, there you go. I mean, the power, the power of politics. But I mean, it's not something we've seen very much in come in the last few months or even years. Is Conservative Party unity, is it? No, absolutely, and it just shows how strong that instinct is. Because I mean, the Prime Minister must have her doubts about this. Because let's face it, she spent the best part of a year trying to persuade the European Union to drop the backstop. So she knows that that's not going to be easy. But I think. You know, it must have been nice for her for a change to be in front of a party that was cheering her and look relatively united, given what's been yeah. going on. And I would imagine also how great for her to have an even more hapless figure than her, her own figure, as it were, in uh, on the opposition benches. Jeremy Corbyn, I think, couldn't have got it more wrong last night, could he? Yeah, I think he's played this whole thing over the offer of a dialogue with the Prime Minister quite badly. Because on the one hand, he's tried to be the open guy who wants to have a conversation with anyone. On the other hand, he found himself initially saying no to those conversations. So, yeah, I think he's looked a little bit hapless over this in particular. That being said, you know, his Brexit position, for all its many detractors, has in the main succeeded in its aim of keeping a very broad Labour coalition that includes the most pro-leave and the most pro-remain seats in the country more or less together. Okay. Now, what do you think of the idea that I've had this morning, which is that Theresa May, if she's aware of what is being said in in Brussels, and in fact the European Union is basically saying no chance, nothing's going to change, we're not going to renegotiate the treaty, we're certainly not going to change or move on the backstop, Uh, there really isn't any point in renegotiating anything, as far as we're concerned it's a done deal. Why would she even bother going to Brussels? I'm saying what she should do is stay here and say to them, well, look, if you guys don't want the 39 billion, that's fine. Uh, But if you do, you better get over here and start talking to us. Well, let me give you a a conspiracy theory that I find plausible around this, which is the reason she's going to go to Brussels is because I don't think her or her team think they have any real prospect of renegotiating the backstop because, as I said, they've tried before and they've failed. I don't think either that the Prime Minister any longer believes what she used to say that no deal is better than a bad deal i think she's convinced herself that no deal would be bad and i think it would be very damaging so i suspect that what's going on in number 10 is a strategy that says okay parliament has said go back and try we will go back and chuck everything at this and do it very visibly which means being in brussels and maybe having a strop with them whatever then we'll come back to parliament i think the date for the vote is penciled in is uh valentine's day which is weird uh and I can report back to Parliament, I've tried my very, very, very best. So your choice now is threefold. There is this deal that I've negotiated, which I've not been able to improve on, apart from a few token gestures from the EU, which you might get. Or there is no Brexit, or there is no deal. You choose. And actually, I suspect that the, the strategy in number 10 
is to run the clock down for another two weeks and then try and force Parliament into the choice between those three choices in the hope that that gets his deal over the line. So I don't think the deal, you know, even in its current form or slightly amended, is dead yet. And the problem is, though, that doesn't rule anybody out of the game because, in a way, I see this in a, a bit like one of those proportional representation voting systems where, you know, as each uh, stage goes on, you remove, you know, the least of the most important voting. And I would see, I would think it would be more hopeful, would it not, to kind of completely take away Remain now and just say, forget about um, you people who think that we're still going to stay in the European Union. Forget about any chance of another referendum. Let's just now concentrate on the difference between a deal of some kind uh, and no deal. Well, I mean, maybe that's right. I mean, it's certainly true there are too many options floating around. There aren't enough MPs to give a majority for anything. The problem is it's incredibly difficult to, as the phrase now is, take something off the table. This table is very crowded at the moment. Yeah, Uh, another table. No, absolutely. Uh, Because uh, how do you kill something off without having a definitive vote on it? We already have had votes on the Norway uh, solution, for instance. We had it in the debates in Parliament last year, and it was voted down. But it's come back again. So it's very hard to kill something in Parliament, and that equally applies to no deal. All this talk about no deal being off the table. No, it's not. No deal is the legally defined outcome on the 29th of March, unless Parliament can agree to something else. And I think the Prime Minister's thinking to herself, ultimately... Parliament doesn't want no deal. Ultimately, Parliament doesn't want another referendum. The only option left if this clock keeps ticking is my deal. So I think she's playing the game that Theresa May has played throughout her political career, which is to win by grinding down her enemies. Yeah. And it seems to be working remarkably well. Anand, thank you very much indeed. Anand Menon there, Professor of European Politics and Director of UK in a Changing Europe. Always a sensible view uh, on all manner of things from Anand there. And I tend to agree with him that there is a sort of uh, war of attrition going on. But I think it's time to start slicing and dicing a little bit more. I think it's time for Theresa May to start stamping on a few more people and to say this is no longer on the table. Whether you need another table to put it on, that's another matter. 